Welcome to the Deeper Life Bible Study, coming to you from Identity Church in Deltona, Florida. Now let us hear the expounding of the Word of God, a now word for this moment. So grab your Bible, sit back as we delve into the Word of God, and hear the Logos and Rhema Word. Well, I want to start off tonight um, and tell you that we have recorded last Thursday's, which was our first uh, teaching in the book of Job. It was deep. It was machine gun style. I'm probably going to stay in that same mode of operation, but I I recommend go back and listening to it. Uh, I'm going to hit some real highlights. Here's Job was the most righteous man on earth. Uh, Satan came and, and, and said to God the Father, hey, you know, I think we should, he only loves you because you're good to him. I think it's really interesting, New Testament says it's the goodness of God that will bring a man to repentance and the devil doesn't like you to think if God is, is good for you or good to you. To where something happens, he says he'll curse you to your face. That's what Satan told God. God says, well, let's, let's, let's roll the dice and check it out. I struggle with that understanding. I don't like it when God Almighty, that can do anything He wants to do, decides to have, you know, roll the dice on my life. (laughs) But at the same time, I know that the Lord has put me in pickles, into hard places, between a rock and a hard place. You ever been between a rock and a hard place? And whether you're going to stand with integrity and character, when all of your senses are telling you, throw it to the wind, throw it to the wind, throw it to the wind. Um, <clears throat> so the devil has a legal right to destroy his kids, his sheep, his goats, to the point where he's freaking out. It says he gets the message, you know, hey, I'm the only servant left, and they all died. Uh, I'm the only servant left. They all died. I'm the only servant left. They all listen. And if it says while he was talking, the other one. So he had, you know, anybody heard it comes, comes in threes. Well, it came more than that. Yeah. Incoming was it. Incoming. And, and, and Job and, and Job stood the test. And then the devil said, Hey, okay, but let me touch him and he'll curse you. He upped the ante. Because the father, if there's a lesson you can get here, the devil only has a legal right to the extent that the father gives him a leash. Okay? So if you're being attacked, it's because the Lord is allowing the devil to have that right. And it might be because you've opened the door for it. It might be because he's trying to promote you. Do you realize there's something about God that will let the devil do something to you and you pass the test of still walking in love so he can legally promote you? Think about that. I got beat up in New York one time and the pastors and some people just really, really, I mean, they did me wrong. Told God I never want to go back to that place. And the Lord, a couple years later, says, hey, I want you to go back. Why? Because you prayed a prayer. You, you, you wanted to operate in more authority, and so that's why I'm sending you back. And I said, how does that work? He says, here's what he said to me. He says, if you will walk in love against those that murdered you, you will have authority over the demonic spirit that used Christian brothers to kill you. 
and you wanted to have authority over the devil. And the way you can have authority over the devil is to love those who the devil used to murder you. You catch that? That's kind of the same principles here that you see in the book of Job. One of the things I want to talk about is the, the three friends, um, Eliphaz, um, Bildag, the Shunite, and, and Zophar, um, his friends that came to console him. That was in the first two chapters. And, and how many know that sometimes you got friends who really love you and, and, and they'll give you information, but it's out of their information. It's not out of what God's given them. Okay. Um, this Eliphaz, the Temanite, he was connected with Esau and Edom. The Temanites were famous for their wisdom. Um, he argued from the standpoint of human experience. That was his first answer to Job. Um, Elbadad, his friend, um, argued from the standpoint of human tradition. And Zophar uh, argued from the standpoint of human merit. Okay? And I think if you'll study out some of their arguments, I believe, and, and, and listen, let, let me be real honest. I think as a pastor, I've given counsel out of probably those three. Good-hearted, trying to help somebody. But, but I'm telling you, I believe the Lord is saying, listen, you can do it with human reasoning, you can do it with human tradition, and you can do it with human merit, thinking that you have something. But what you really need is you get the Spirit of God. Okay? And so, so what you want to understand is that Job was under pressure. Say that, Job was under pressure. Anybody been under pressure? To the point where his wife says, why don't you just curse God and die? Okay? So I'm just going to, uh, uh, chapter 3, verse 1. Uh, after this, this is all the consulting and all the stuff and all the advice he got. After this, uh, opened Job's his mouth and cursed his birthday. <laughs> he cursed his birthday. Um, <laughs> one to three. After this opened his mouth, he cursed his birthday. And Job spake and said, Let the day perish where I was born and the night in which it was said there was a man-child conceived. Listen, he was so distraught. He cursed the day he was born. Um, here, here's the interesting thing. Um, where am I at? Here we go. I, I'm, I'm going to give you highlights. I hope you've read some of the 17 curses on his birthday. Let the day perish when I was born. Verse three, let the night perish, which was said a man, a man child was born. Um, let that day be darkened. Let God not regard it from above. Let not light shine upon it let darkness and shadow of, of death stain it he's talking about the day he was born let a cloud dwell upon it let blackness of the day terrify it let darkness seize upon the night verse um, verse six let not be joined in the day of the years dude he wanted that day erased that's pretty depressed don't you think okay Um, let it not come to the number of the months. Let that not night be solitary. Let no joyful voice come near it. <laughs> let them curse it 
that day, uh, curse the day, who are all ready to rise up in the morning. Let the stars in the twilight of the night be darkened. Dude, he, he's, he's, he's having a tamper. Um, let, it, let it look for the light and have none. Let it not see the dawning of the day. There's seven, he, he, cur, he, was so, he, he was so distraught, he cursed 17 curses on the day he was born. <laughs> Is that a bad day? He's having a bad day. All right. Now, um, let's see. Verse, verse 11. Why dieth I not from the womb? Why did I not give up the ghost? Give up the ghost. Listen, he's wanting to die. Anybody ever wanted to die? Come on. I've battled suicide before. I, I have battled suicide before. I'm, I'm going to tell you a, a little secret here. When the outside pressures come from every dimension possible and, and the spirit of suicide comes, I want, you, I want you, if you've ever experienced it, I want you to, to, to try to figure out what I'm telling you. If you haven't experienced it and the day comes, that if you do, you need to know where that voice is coming from. Early on, when I was battling suicide, it would come from here in my emotions. It was part of me. I needed to, I needed to go see Gary and Kathy and get that thing cast out. And it took me years to get that cleaned up in my soulless realm. Why? Because this type of calamity, this type of trauma, the spirit of suicide comes in and you wish you're dead. This is demonic activity. Job was dealing with demonic activity that, that that kind of loss, that kind of trauma triggers, I wish I wasn't alive. Okay? Now, we're, we're, we're born-again believers. And so you have to, and, and I'm, I'm, you want me to be just as vulnerable as I can? I was in a business deal. The FBI came in and took $5.1 million and threatened to put people in jail. Say that's a bad day. I get a phone call. I'm in 75 miles from Rochester, New York. The FBI says, we know where you are. You have 24 hours to show up in Orlando. I can send an agent to get you today if I need to. I'm like, I'll be there. And I went to a hotel at the airport at Rochester to fly out first thing in the morning. And I took a very long, I love hot showers, but I took an extremely hot, long shower trying to figure out what the heck was going on. I was having a bad day. In the midst of that distress, that spirit of suicide that had tormented me for years showed up. Here's the difference. It didn't come from here. It walked into the room. Catch me. I knew I had won at that point. I said to that spirit, here's what he said to me. That spirit said to me, if you stay in this shower a little longer, they will think it was just an accident and you overheated. He was trying to convince me, the spirit was trying to convince me to literally have a heat stroke and die. 
And he said, if you should do, and it, something triggered in me. I'm like, dude, if I go to jail, I'm going to write books like the Apostle Paul. And I told that thing, what for? You put me in jail? Do you know how many books I'll write? You put me in jail? You watch what I do. And that's how I attacked it. But I recognized it was no longer that spirit came from within my emotions. It was talking to my brain. I saw it come into the room. You, you catch this? That's why deliverance, Gary and Kathy's ministry, deliverance, find somebody to help you walk through this and get your emotions healed to where that spirit is not living on the inside of you. Listen, you're always going to have to fight the devil, but I want to know where the fight's coming from. If it's coming from within, we got some house cleaning to do. If it's coming from without, you just go stop it. You've already won the battle if you can go stop it. I won the battle because I saw where he came from. And that was the greatest victory of my life. Well, I still had to go turn myself in, but, <laughs> but I, I won. Does that make sense? Okay, so, so, so this is where Job is battling. He wants to die. Can you, you know, this, the demonic spirit that was assigned to him had a bet with God that he would curse him. All right, does that make sense? Okay. Give up the ghost when I came out of my belly. All right. There's 10 classes who die. This is what, these, these are things he listed. There's kings that die, counselors, princes, infants, the wicked, the weary, prisoners, the small, the great, and the servants. He listed all of them in his complaints. <laughs> kings die, servants, wicked. <laughs> he He's trashing everybody. Um, and then, he's, then he starts talking about tombs and monuments. Uh, verse 14, but then it says, uh, eight human activities that end by death. Rulership, counseling, building, having families, trouble, weariness. Dude, he's throwing the whole enchilada <laughs> about, about his life at that point. Now, um, I'm, I'm going to read... Uh, verse 3, Behold, thou hast instructed many, and thou hast strengthened the weak hands. This is, um, yes, I'm sorry. Well, I already jumped to 4. Yeah, because uh, in the first part of 4, his friends start giving him all this advice. Um, I'm not, I'm not going to highlight each friend. You, you can do that. But what I, I, I'm going to highlight condemnation this is what happened when his friends didn't have wisdom when you don't have wisdom you will heap condemnation on people um let's put that scripture up uh, romans 8 8 1 there is there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in christ jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit listen there is no condemnation. You believe that scripture. This is, this is the oldest book in the Bible. This is before the law. And I'm going to tell you what, Job put up with a lot of condemnation. Um, here's, here's the four statements of condemnation um, that he put up with. 
Verse 3, you have instructed many. You have strengthened the weak hands. Your words have upheld him who was falling. You have strengthened the feeble knees. And then um, Eliphaz began by flattering Job. <laughs> do, do you understand? This is how his friends encouraged him. They flattered him. You've instructed a lot of people. You've been all that in a bag of chips. Pastor, you're the greatest thing since sliced bread. They blow smoke up your dress. And they flatter you on what you've done well. And then they go into condemnation. But, but, let me tell you something. Every but has two sides. And a stinky place in the middle. But, I'm just going to run through here. And my point is, um, let's, let's, let's read Romans 8, 1 again. There is no, there is therefore no, now no condemnation. Say no condemnation. To them that are in Christ Jesus. So everything we're hearing here, if you're in Christ, you can't apply. How many times have you gone to get counsel from somebody and you walked away feeling slimed? I didn't get wisdom. I didn't get godly counsel. I got accused. Right? Listen to these. Here's 72 statements of condemnation. 72. And I got more than that. Starting in verse 5. And, and, and I go through several chapters here. You are reaping what you have sown. You are not innocent. You are not righteous. You have been sowing iniquity. That's verse 8. You have not been praying and committing your cause to God. That's 5.8. God is correcting you. That's 5.17. You have committed more than seven sins or you would not be judged. That's 519. If you were righteous, you would be hid from the scourge of the tongue and would not be afraid of destruction. That's chapter 5, 21 and 22. Your words are like strong winds. Chapter 8, verse 2. God is judging you. Verse 3 of 8. Your children were killed because of your sins. <laughs> this is what his friends said. You are not pure and upright, or God would hear your prayers and prosper you. Chapter 8, verses 6 and 7. You have forgotten God. I want you to know this is what his friends said, and God said to Satan, he's the most righteous man I got, the most upright man I got. And his friends' condemnation is saying these things. You are a hypocrite, and your hope will not have or your hope would not have perished. You have been perfect. You have not, if you had been perfect and not an evildoer, God would not have cast you away. You seek to justify yourself. Chapter 11, verse 2. You are a liar. 
Verse 3 of 11. You are a mocker. You claim your doctrine is pure and you are clean, but your reaping proves to the contrary. Anybody got friends like that? These, these are Job's friends. Monday night. <laughs> God knows your wickedness or you would not be reaping. If you would seek God and put away sin, then you would forget your misery and suffering. Chapter 11, verses 13 and 19, verses 22 and 23. You utter vain knowledge. You fill your belly with the east wind, the hot wind. You, your talk is unprofitable, First, uh, chapter 15, 3. You cast off fear and restrain prayer before God. Your mouth utters iniquity. You have a crafty tongue. Your own mouth condemns you. 15.6. You talk as if you were first, you were the first man born and you were older than the hills. This is, uh, these, is, these are his friends trying to figure out what the hell's going on. Are they helping him? You try to use wisdom to cover up. There are many men older than your father. You do not have any secret that is not known. You wink at sin and turn your spirit against God. The heavens are not even clean, so how can you be clean? Dude, your atmosphere is bad. How can you be good? That's really what he's saying. You drink up iniquity like water, 15, 16. You must be wicked or you would not be suffering the judgments of the wicked. There is no end to your words of justification of yourself. You, you count your friends as beast and vile in your sight when they are trying to help you. Can, can you hear that dialogue? We're just trying to help you, and you don't receive the fact that we think that you're a scumbag. <laughs> okay. You think you are, your claim to righteousness and perfection will profit God? Your wickedness is great. Your iniquity is infinite. You have taken a pledge from your brother and stripped, the naked of his, stripped him naked of his clothing? You have held drink from the thirsty ones. You have kept food from the hungry ones. This is a guy that God said was the most wealthiest, the most generous, and upright man on the earth. And this is the accusations of his friends because he went through a test. You have sent windows away, widows away empty. You have broken the arms of the fatherless. Because of all this, you suffer. You have sought to hide your sins from God, verse 20, uh, chapter 22, 13. You have not taken a lesson from the ways of the wicked or been warned at their end. If you would return to God, pray, and receive his words, good would come to you. <laughs> okay. If you put away iniquity, you will be built up, verse 20, uh, chapter 22, 23. You claim to be clean, but you are not. 
for even the stars are not pure in God's sight. I have heard you say that you are without sin. You are innocent. And there is no iniquity in you. I've heard you say, Gary, there's no sin in you. You're innocent. And they're saying, we don't even believe what you say. Anybody been there? You ever, anybody had false accusations to the point where you, you can't get a word in? You have said that God counts you as an enemy, but it is you that strives against him. <laughs> so he's complaining, man, I think, I think I'm the enemy of God. You know, God's my enemy, and, and they twist it, but it's you. You have said, I am righteous, and God has taken that and judged you. You drink up scorning like water, verse 34-7. You keep company with workers of iniquity and walk with the wicked. You have said that it does not profit to delight in God, 34-9. You have spoken without knowledge. Your words are without wisdom, 34-35. You have answered for wicked men. You add rebellion to sin. You clap your hands among us and multiply words against God. You have claimed your righteousness to be more than God. You have argued against cleansing yourself of your sins. You are wicked. You multiply words without knowledge. God's dealing with the wicked proved that you are wicked. These, that's, what, that's, what, that's my point. I have friends, I think, that, that have turned on me. I, I, listen, I, I've, when they can't explain it, they can't put their finger on it, it has to be something I've done wrong. Sir? Correct. Hey, why don't, why don't we, do we need this? Never mind, it's not there. Luke what? Luke 13. Luke 13. It says, uh, about this time, Jesus was informed that Pilate had murdered something to the Galileans, and they were offering sacrifices at the temple. Do you think those Galileans were worse sinners than all other people in Galilee? Is that, is that why they suffered? Not at all. They didn't know what grace is. Mm -hmm. Was it his parents' sin? Right. Yep. 
that's that's all of that reasoning, um, um, Evan, is why I read Romans eight. If you're in Christ, can any of this affect you? Okay? If you're in Christ, none of this can affect you. Hmm? Well, yeah, it, it does. But, but this is, goes back to, to identity. Who, you know, who am I in Christ? And so if those accusations come and there's a little bit of truth to it, repent. But I guarantee you, there's, there's, some, there's some accusations that are just, you, you repent and take it out of, the, out of the legal hands of the devil. Because it's a word curse from another Christian. All right. do, you, do you understand what we've heard here? Let me, I got 44 more. That was 72. I got 44 more. You, you got to realize I'm doing about 35 chapters here. Okay? Here's 44 more. You do not show any pity. You forsake the fear of God. You have dealt deceitful with me as a brook that passes away. You are confounded because your hope is gone. You are ashamed of me. You are afraid to face facts. You are no help to me. See, this is some of the same condemnation, but from a different perspective. One is human reasoning. One is, okay, you, you, you can hear some of the same wording in there. You are ashamed of me. You are afraid to face facts. You are no help to me. Your arguments are empty and vain like the wind that passes away. You do not seek to comfort me, but to reprove me. You overwhelm the fatherless. You dig a pit for your friend. I dig a pit for all three of these guys. You're not content to believe my word, but count me as a liar. No doubt you are the people and wisdom shall die with you. You are not the only ones that have understanding. You mock me. You laugh the just man to scorn. You are forgers of lies. You are physicians of no value. If you would remain quiet, you would show someone wisdom. <laughs> you speak wickedly to God. You mock God. You remember like ashes. You are miserable. You are a miserable comforter. This guy's just been lost all of his stuff, his physical body, and, and, and they're accusing him of being a miserable comforter. You do not let us ease your grief. He says it. My, my friend scorned me. You are only mockers of me. You continually provoke me. See, this, you know what? I, I messed up and didn't read that right. This is Job's defense. This is his condemnation against his friends. That's what I've been reading. You speak weak, wickedly of God. You mock God. You remember like ashes. You are miserable comforters. You speak endless and vain words. All you do is heap up words against me. This is Job talking against his friends now. You do not try to ease my grief. My friends scorn me. You are only mockers of me. You continually provoke me. No one of you is wise. You only vex my soul. You 
Break me in pieces with words. You have reproached me ten times. You have no shame left in you. You make yourself strange to me. You magnify yourself against me. You have forgotten me. You abhorred me. You are pit pitiless of me. You are my persecutors. You are not satisfied with my flesh, and you mock me. You devise wicked imaginations against me. You are false in your answers to me, which do not comfort me at all. So what do you have? You have friends for 72 accusations. You have 44 statements from Job against them. What do you have there? A bad day. This is called a church split. People have chosen sides. Spirit of accusation, spirit of strife. Okay, but, but do you realize people chose sides? Hmm. I'm, I'm going to pretty well stop here. Because I've pretty well covered almost 30 chapters in, in, in that list of their accusations against him and those 44 of his against them, of, from Job to them. Do you realize Job didn't do much better than they did? Anybody been in one of those? No matter what you, no matter how much you try to righteously defend yourself, it goes south. So what did Romans 8.1 say? There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. What's the rest of that verse there, Diana? Verse 2. And we have a computer issue. Okay, I'll just read it for myself. There is now, there is therefore now no condemnation in them who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Verse 2, for the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. Verse 3, for what the law could not do, in that it was weak, through the flesh, God sent his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin con condemned sin in the flesh. Verse 4, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. We have an advantage that Job didn't. We have Holy Spirit. Okay. We have Jesus that we hide ourselves in, but we have Holy Spirit that empowers us. And I'm, I'm, I'm telling you that, that if we can't get over um, the condemnation, I think I have to word it, we, we've got to get over the condemnation of not understanding. Does that make sense? All right, let me put it in other words. How many have walked in peace that surpasses all understanding? 
You've walked in peace. And you know what I'm talking about? It may be for a day, maybe for a moment, maybe for a week, but you walk in, you're in the middle of a crisis, and all of a sudden, supernatural peace, the Spirit of God comes in, supernatural peace overwhelms you. And, and the statement is, peace that surpasses all understanding. You can't understand, why do I have so much peace? Why? Because he's the Prince of Peace. He's the man of peace. He is peace. So when you walk in the peace that surpasses all understanding, you have to give up your right to understand. And when you give up your right that you don't have to understand, you can walk in it. All of this between 72 statements against Job, 44 against his friends that accused him, is that they had no understanding. And they created an atmosphere that there was absolutely no peace. Right? Here's what I think is, is, is more funny than, than, than anything else. This is a contentiousness among relationships. When Next week, when I, when I break out the last two chapters, do you realize what was the trigger point of his release from this assignment of the devil? So how many people do you hold in your heart that you have resentment against that you won't pray for? Maybe, maybe that's why you can't get your breakthrough. Who's that? Oh, you're already there. Oh, I'll get that next week then. But what, what, I'm, what, what am I saying is that your ability... Okay, he's not first three, though. He's, he is the... Yeah, I was going to say, he wasn't part of the three that came to comfort. He just shows up. Yeah. Yeah, you need to talk about him. I will. Okay. I got his number. But what, what, what am I trying to preach tonight? No matter what has come at you, no matter where you're at, emotionally, spiritually, financially, whatever your pressure is, if you allow condemnation from your friends or condemnation from your mouth towards your friends... It could be the very hindrance that the enemy is using against you to hold back the promises of God, the blessings of God, the peace of God, the power of God, the revelation of God. So I, I, I just think it's, it's not ironic that the oldest book in the Bible has 30-something chapters of accusation. And misrepresentation and bad relationships. <laughs> Is it not all written for an example? And the Lord said to me, I want you to go back and love those who murdered you. And when you can walk in love with those who murdered you, the enemy that used them to murder you, you'll have authority over the enemy. Why? Because the devil. <laughs> is subject to love. If I can walk in love to the people that the devil used to murder me, I have authority over that devil. And I was looking for regional authority. I was looking for spiritual authority. And God gave me a key to my prayer. 
love those who murdered you. Love those who said you would never do what you're doing now. Now, how many have... God, I'm all, why I always got to tell myself. How many have used someone saying that you're no good or you'll never live up to nothing or you're this or you're that as a motivation to prove them wrong? Am I the only one? Okay, this is confession time. Okay, but that's a false motivation. We know, but we do it, don't we? You're never going to amount to... Listen, my dad, I... My, my dad... My dad pretty well had a bet. Because I left home at 16, got my own apartment, and uh, he always gave money to every one of his kids that graduated high school and got a you know, diploma and all that. And he said, the rate you're going, you'll never. I'm like, you want to bet? Out of a bet to prove him wrong, I got my GED, and I proved him wrong. He wrote me a check. Two days later, I went back and I said, hey, man, just living on my own stuff. Could I move back home? He goes, oh, hell no. He goes, there's peace in my house. You pay your bills. You're working hard. You've become an adult. Don't go backwards and move back into my house and have, you know, create havoc. <laughs> But I gutted it out to prove him wrong. Well, that ain't that ain't cool. I was I was telling Rodney that I've got some business things that I'm dealing with, and God's telling me to go put a lot of energy in this. And and I I literally been saying to the Lord, I said, Lord, this is a different season for me, because my motivation ten years ago was I didn't want to starve. I don't have a starvation problem anymore. <laughs> and so I'm like, what am I going to use to motivate me? You know what he said? He says, um, when you actually get mature, obedience will motivate you. Not starving was motivation. Getting up and going to work every day because I didn't want to starve. I wanted to be successful, you know, and, and pay my bills. That's motivation. Well, that's immaturity if that is your only motivation. That's just that's a, that's a benefit to getting up and going to work. But now he's wanting me to go obey him and go do something else. And I'm like, I don't think I got the motivation. You know, I'm, I'm 61. I don't want to start over and, and, and build this and do that. And blah, 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 blah. So, oh, oh, okay. So you want to miss the fact that I want to build it with you. How many miracles have you seen in the last three weeks for this? I'm like, a lot. He said, you were asking for miracles. You're seeing them. You haven't even started. I'm like, okay. So what is your motivation? Proving these word curses and condemnations or faults? Or getting along with God? Hiding yourself in Him and not having to repent for saying what you said to them? <laughs> All right. Did this help anybody?
Job's very hard. This is a very hard book. But he wins. He wins. Well, listen, but, but do you realize 72 statements of condemnation against Job, 44 against his friends, and that's 30 chapters worth. Okay? So the first, the first three chapters are not, nothing but death and destruction and loss. Then 30 chapters of, of, of crazy accusation, and, 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 and one and a half chapters of, oh, this is a great book. Welcome to life. Seven years. Right. Well, I've, I listened to it on audio. I listened to it on audio in the last two days. I caught stuff on the audio that I, I did not catch reading. I'm telling you, his friends stunk. I, I, I'm telling you, I wouldn't want friends. And I'm telling you, I, and I think, I think because some of, sometimes we have the spirit of accusation and con condemnation, we go into a cave and we don't want friends. Correct? You don't want them. You don't need them. But, but I'm telling you, that's not biblical, and, and that's not God. And, and, and I, I actually kind of am proud of him. I mean, he did stand up for himself. Basically what he said, listen, dude, if I'm in sin, God will fix it. I'll repent. And it, it, it's just not understanding that he was in a demonic attack that he could not justify. Because he had had the favor of God for so long. I'm, I've, I've gotten a phone call today with a with, with pastor that had, had fallen, and, and, and we, we have restored relationship. And, and, and his question is, you know, uh, I'm coming down. Can I preach at your church? I went through my list of condemnation. I didn't say it, thank God, because then I don't have to repent. Why? Because I'm telling you, we hold paperwork on people. Yes, he is. This is publicly saying he's preaching, guys. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, 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 that, is that you have to be tested in this. And we have, a, we have our little church has the ability to come alongside those who have fallen. And, 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 and some of those aren't accusations. They're truths. But because of the repentance and the blood of Jesus, they can be restored. Um, you've heard me repeat this, and I got it from somebody that was, his family was saying, how come you're connected to this pastor that fell? And he says, because God told me to. And they gave him all this, and, and, and he was asking my counsel. I'm like, listen, and this comes out of my belly, I know it was God because I'm not that smart. And I heard the Lord say, many of my people will think that they are the remnant of God. 
They're part of the remnant of God. But if you won't become the remnant of a fallen man of God, you're disqualified to be my remnant. And that came out. That was, that was, that was not one of Job's friends. That was the wisdom of God that came. If you're unwilling to connect to and be, the, be part of the remnant of a fallen man to help restore him, you could be disqualifying yourself to be the remnant of God. And we go on around and we call, oh, we're the remnant of God. Dude, you haven't even qualified. Because we word curse and we condemn and we, we don't say, I don't know, but let me love you. I don't know why. I don't know why your wife left you, other than you're a jerk, but you know. But, but you understand what I'm saying is, is, that, is that if we're not careful, we'll become Job's friends and, and give condemnation. Or, or we'll be so blinded and, 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 and not repent when that's exactly what we need to do. Um, I mean, this person on the phone today went over our history and, and, and was repenting and Man, I, I asked God, what, what was the root of my failure? And he goes, Charlie, my, the root of my failure was six years earlier when I got mad at you. Huh? And it, God showed me, it was pride, God showed me. Dude, you're talking about real repentance here and restoration. He's getting honest with it. It's like, okay. I can work with that. Brutal honesty, walking together. Not all this condemnation. You know, go back and read my book, The Baptism of Innocence. That'll tune you up. So, stand up. Lord, we thank you. First and foremost, we thank you for Job. And I'm, I'm so grateful that at the end of the book, you uh, gave him twice of all of his blessings and twice the kids, and you even kept his wife alive. Um, and you blessed him financially, and you blessed him in your in your word, and and he's there's reference to Job all through scriptures because there's mysteries, there's mysteries in there that we uh, we probably can't see them all until we're under that kind of pressure to see them. So I don't want to know them all. <laughs> Let you know, give it to Rodney, and I'll in a dream, and I'll just take that information. I don't want to experience some of this. I'm being funny, God, and I hope you think it's funny. And um, just bless us. But, Lord, I bless my friends. I, I release my friends that have condemned me and brought accusation and condemnation against me because of my personality, because of my gifting, because of my rawness. Or, and, and, Lord, I'm looking to clear the atmosphere of accusation at me and from me because I want you to be able to give me the blessings that you promised me. And I thank you for it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to today's message from Identity Church. To know more about us, go to identitychurch.net, where you'll find resources such as a calendar, media, and upcoming events. You may also download an app for your mobile device from the Apple App Store or Google Play. Then from your mobile device, you can hear our messages, read from the Bible, take notes, connect with us on the social media, and even pay your tithe. Again, thank you for tuning in to today's message from Identity Church.